All right. All right. Are you ready to get going? I am ready to get going. Coffee's ready. Water's ready. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> welcome to... Hmm, welcome to what? <laughs> the scuttlebutt. Yeah. This wasn't adjusted properly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Threw you off. Well, my head's perfect, but, you, <laughs> <laughs> but the headphones weren't. <laughs> of course. That's what happens. Hi, welcome to Scuttlebutt Podcast. I am Rich from Trapping Inc. And I'm Sandy. And we are, once again, out at our cabin You in bet the woods. you're here. You're, you're sitting at the kitchen table with us, yeah. having a cup of uh, Old Smokes coffee. Welcome. Glad that you could join us. It's a Sunday morning. We've already been to church. Um, anyone who follows our Facebook page, Trapping Inc. TV, will see frequent posts about church out here. Um, for us, it, it isn't about going to a, or belonging to a congregation. It's a it's about um, being grateful for what we have. So that's well, what we celebrate on Sunday mornings out here. Our, our congregation is, is non-denominational and uh, pretty unstructured. Yeah. But when <laughs> when you see a sunset, a sunrise like that over top of the the lake on a uh, on the morning before trapping season, yeah, and if that ain't church to you, I, you don't belong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. So, anyone who wishes to join us for Sunday morning church, yeah, uh, feel free to join in on the Facebook page and be part of our congregation, non denominational as it is. Yeah, so. and you don't even have to be here in person. You can no. just be here in spirit. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So we are out. Um, it's just a few days before season opens for 2018-19 trapping season, and we've now, been. Let's clarify that it's trapping season for for the the mustelids, the weasels. So yes, ermine. Mink, Martin, Fisher, and Wolverine open on the 1st of November. Correct. Uh, wolf, Coyote, Fox, uh, Beaver, and Muskrat are already open. Correct. So, duly noted. Um, <laughs> well, you got to be right. Otherwise, people... you got to pe- be right. People will be emailing <laughs> me and say, you know... What's the matter with you? You don't yeah, check the regulations? Exactly. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, we were out to check on our some of our line yesterday... And, uh, you know, bears are jerks. Yeah, no, bears are dicks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We, they are we, that, too. We got, uh, we're, of course, cleaning uh, cleaning line and, and uh, dodging beaver dams and all that kind of stuff right now. It's, uh, it's a tough time of the year to get around. And so, after the incredibly wet year we've had up here, we've had a lot of trees that just blow over. The water, the the, uh, the roots become so saturated, the dirt and the sand and the keg and that kind of stuff around the roots, yeah. it no longer can hold them. And a breeze comes along, blows over. So you, we're, we're going to have a lot more work than what we did yesterday. But that's right. what we were doing was just traveling a little bit of uh, some of the lines. And we went by, what, about 30, 35 boxes? Yeah. yeah. And there was only three that were still <laughs> on the tree. And then, well, and so here's the thing. There's also quad tracks that go by there, and we're wondering, okay, bear or two-legged bear or two-legged skunk? Yeah, two-legged skunk. Yeah. Some some of it's a two-legged skunk because it's a dead giveaway is when they tear down the ribbon. Yeah. Like, I mean, a bear don't give a dang about a ribbon. Not usually, no. Anyway, um, but there were there were other signs, like Richard had lost a... a, a cover for one of our Rubbermaid yeah. containers and there was bear bite marks in all of that. Oh, yeah. So you knew the bears had been there, but not recently anyway. 
Yeah, and some some of the cases, I mean, the, you move the box and the and the vegetation is dead under it and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, or never really started yeah. to grow. You know that that a bear knocked that down a long time ago. Uh, others, you know, when they're knocked down and and the uh, they tear the clip off the tree and they rip the the uh, the screen down and give it a fling. You know, like if a bear give, pulls on the spring or the the screen or whatever and lets go, it, it drops right there. I mean, I'm picking yeah. up. How many do we pick up? Yeah, all lots. the time. When it's been flung somewhere, I know that that was two-legged skunk. And it's it's so weird because we have very, very, very few people. We're pretty remote. Yeah. And we're our, our world is so wet and musky. We don't get many people here. But but more than that, it just amazes me why people want to take the time to rip down something that you're working on. And, I mean, it is illegal to interfere with trapping activities anyway. But yes. um, I don't understand the motivation. So we'll just leave it at that and say that on our travels, in addition to all the boxes that were ripped down, we found a lot of beaver. Oh, my a goodness. A lot of beaver oh out this goodness. year. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, if you watch the show, you realize that uh, we cross a couple of beaver dams to get into our cabin. And they are both extremely active this year. Mm-hmm. Beaver at them. And uh, if I hadn't have been so tired uh, the first night in here, I'd, I'd have shot a couple of them and, and then guess last night I went looking for them and they were hiding. <laughs> they knew. <laughs> they well, it, and that, that night that you went out, that was Friday night after we got here and, and he goes out and there's Beaver just sitting there when he rolled past, just yeah. sat there on, yeah. on the house, watched him go past. And then he turned around and came back and he sat there and watched him again. And there was muskrats and there was an, um, a mink you yeah. said too, right? Yeah, he was right? on a mink, so, mink up on the ice. Yeah. What, what was going on is I was uh, making a trip back out with the, uh, with the Argo and, and the uh, trailer and to haul. We had a bunch of water and that kind of stuff to bring in. So it's just easier to make a trip back out. I didn't have a gun with me. That's why. Ah, that's, that's why. I was, just, I was sitting here thinking, why didn't I shoot them? I like, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, right at the end of October, just a few days to November, and our chicken season runs till the 15th of January. Yeah. Now, what I'm calling chicken here are not the Rhode Island red or anything like that. This is uh, or prairie chicken. Nope. That will drive our friend Josh Robinson absolutely mental. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they have they have a TV show um, on Point Adventures. Yeah, and and they yeah. they do a lot of bird hunting and that. He yeah. trains dogs. He's got beautiful beautiful GSPs, and uh, they they train dogs and and they have quite a bit of enjoyment time. But it, he's uh, he's from the east, and he drives him crazy that we would call grouse chickens. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all they've ever been. And one of his one of his partners in the show, Charlene, she she's from here from from yeah. the west, and they're and they're all chickens to her too. Yeah, exactly. So it, it drives drives him up the wall. But we had one of these gong shows where we had it's been a while since we've been out here. I mean, it's first time since the, since chicken season opened on the first of September. So we were you know the list of things that need to be done before you get out here, and one of them was that was to buy a chicken license. Right? Well, and and in fairness to you, I was gone the entire week. I got home Friday afternoon, and and I didn't hardly have time to choke down a bite of lunch, late lunch, before we jumped in the truck and came out here. So he's been packing and organizing and doing everything all by himself while I've been away. Qualifying for sainthood? Yeah. Qual- I'm qualified, well, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, when I all, wouldn't when, go when that all, far. When, when all the girls get together and they drink coffee <laughs> and, and beer and wine and complain about their husbands, she calls me St. Richard. I, well. <laughs> True story. True story. <laughs> <laughs> it was once a true story 
that I did brag that way. Um, you're, you're and tra- still- what, 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 what? Are you retracting here? Are you trying to qualify this? <laughs> Come on now. Say to it, hey. You guys, there's, there's people who are, are, are better with formalized religion than I am, but sainthood once installed cannot be revoked, can it? Huh? Huh? <laughs> it's a man thing. I don't know. Anyway, I do really appreciate it because otherwise it would have taken another few hours of organization and, and whatnot. So the fact that you forgot to buy a chicken license wasn't the end of the world because now we can buy them online. That's so right. So Saturday morning before we took off, he buys it online and we're all good. It was Saturday afternoon. Oh, was, was it, it Saturday was it, afternoon? Yeah, we wasn't like we oh, got, yeah, we got going very early. No, that's true. <laughs> um, somehow I put the flannel sheets on the bed when we got here, and I was out like yeah. a light. I sleep really well <laughs> here. Well, you'd been in Toronto all week, so. Toronto. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there is nothing like coming to the trap line to, uh, to make you realize how much you don't really appreciate a life in Toronto. Oh, my God. Yeah. For our folks listening from the U.S., we're talking about Toronto. Toronto, which, Ontario. Yeah. And and to be very fair, we've got lots of listeners, watchers, uh, yeah. people that are are from the Toronto area, and, and that's not this at all. It's just being in the downtown and people and traffic and... We're not big city people. We no. don't. We don't think much more uh, any better of Edmonton or Calgary either. So. <laughs> <laughs> or Vancouver for that matter. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> suffice it to say, I'm very glad to be home and specifically back to the cabin this weekend, which we've been missing for the last several weekends. Oh, right? everything has just yeah. uh, has conspired, and everything's piled one on top of the other, and it just just not worked out. But it's worse the chicken saga that we. They're trying to dance all around here. It's worse. I finally get a licensed spot, which is wonderful because I can do it on my phone. We can do it online. We have great, great uh, coverage out here, cell phone and and uh, Wi-Fi boost. But uh, then we get packed up and say, says, oh, so you got a license? Yeah, I got a license. What are we going to shoot it with? Uh, we have a 22 Hornet out here. That's it. Which 22 is- Hornet. Oh, but it just, it gets better because I said... I've got the clip. Do you have extra ammunition? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I left it uh, in the cabin. <laughs> yeah. No. We well, had lots. It just was stayed here. It was, it, it, was, it was lucky, though. So we get out there, and, and she's going down the road with me there. She's so how are you going to shoot them? I said, well, I guess I'm going to have to head shoot them. And she laughed and laughed and laughed. That was the most <laughs> hilarious thing ever is that I was going to head shoot these chickens. Well, I went two for three. Yeah, you did. You did really well. We had a wonderful supper. Yeah, we did. It was good. I said, here, hold my beer. Yep. (laughs) Except I don't drink. (laughs) And normally when we get out here, somebody gets injured, something happens. You know, small scuffs and scrapes and whatnot. But I have to tell you that this happened in downtown Toronto at my fancy hotel (laughs) where... um, Careful how you hold up that finger. Yeah, I know. I Like this. Yeah, for those who are uh, are just listening in, she's holding up her, her middle finger. Yeah, my middle finger hand. on my left hand. Um, yeah, I think I'm still going to lose the nail on that because I had a piece of the vanity on the front of my of the bathroom vanity in my hotel room fell off and smashed my finger. I still can't really explain how that happened. It's just you know, it was even the furniture there knew that country mouse, you don't belong here. <laughs> country mouse goes to the big city. Anyway, that was my week in Toronto, and I'm glad to be home. So, you're you're so off there learning how to how, how to uh, take over the world, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Me and 400 other leaders in the bank. And uh, yeah, it was uh, very interesting times, but it was good to see a lot of people that I, I haven't seen for a couple of years since we did it the last time. One thing I'll point out before anybody sends us hate mail or anything else, <laughs> it is perfectly legal to shoot the head off a chicken with a center fire rifle in Canada or in, in Alberta. In Alberta. I don't know about anywhere else in Canada. I know it's legal here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, we got a couple of chickens and we enjoyed them for dinner last night. It was they good. They were wonderful. Yeah. Rough grouses. There, there is nothing that tastes better than that. Yeah. People talk about doing it in a stir fry and all that. I can't believe that you can't just slice them and flour, salt and pepper and fry them. And oh, butter. that's like, how I we mean, do it. Oh, my God. It's my very God. good. It's got such a great flavor. So that's, uh, you know, we're out here and we're getting set up for the, for the, uh, Martin Fisher weasel and so Wolverine, on. Yeah. Wolverine. Mink Wolverine. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we haven't been trapping cause we have. We have, uh, it's been uh, muskrat season and usually this last week or two of uh, October is the only muskrat we do in the fall. But this year we had like, I don't know. I don't know how much snow actually fell on the 11th of September, but we had about eight inches on the ground. Yeah. Six to eight inches on, on the ground, stayed on the ground. And so when season rocked over on, on the 1st of October, I was like, I was in full-blown panic because we're not going to get any fall Well, we didn't think so anyway. No. And so we started trapping. And, and uh, you're going to see two very different fall trapping shows this year. One, we're trapping. There's snow on the ground. Yeah. There's ice and everything else. And then... Weeks later. <laughs> Weeks later, it's much nicer. It's much nicer, which was a godsend for the farmers. Yeah, it was. Uh, our, uh, our fans and friends and that, 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 that farm, they were, it was, they had great crops, but oh my God. The Up in our area, they, yeah, Southern Alberta was uh, very challenged this year for crop production. They had a lot Saskatchewan of. Saskatchewan had yeah. some great props, crops as well. Yeah. But they were just. But anyway, what we know is in our, in our area and we, we had just monster, monster crops this year yeah. and uh, most everybody has harvested everything now although quality is challenged yeah. now um, at least they have volume yep so yeah it, it was uh, it turned around and the weather became so nice that mm-hmm. it was it was it was hot we were hitting there was days in October where we hit in the high 60s Fahrenheit mm-hmm. or you know it near like you know 17 18, 18 degrees 17, 18 degrees celsius yeah. so that was nice and so we ended up having a really good season like uh, we got into triple digits which it doesn't often happen in the no. fall the reason that we wait till the end of the month is that is that they're more prime okay one of the things that uh, i'm not sure if i ex- explained this or not before but how animals prime up has got to do with daylight yeah Okay, and here in the north, those muskrats aren't prime yet at the first of uh, of October, and it's because of how much daylight they get, they, how thick the the leather is, Correct. is what what is what uh, determines prime. Uh, what determines how full it is is the cold weather. So of course they're much fuller. They're both prime and much fuller uh, of um, of a pelt later in the year. So we usually wait as long as we can. This year we uh, didn't have as uh, as as much time to wait. I didn't think we. I didn't oh, think that I thought we, we would done. still have open water. Because we have had years before where very early in October, even as we when we were setting floats and whatnot, that we were we were breaking through ice that was almost a half an inch thick yep. just to try and go and get the floats because um, it it would freeze so hard um, yeah. on on the evening before. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's been it's been good. It's yeah, it's been good. <laughs> so we got the line cleaned up. 
Well, we got a little wee bit. Like, I mean, I don't know. What, what did we do yesterday? 20 kilometers? Yeah, I was going to say. That's, that's not even a tenth of what's mm, got to be done. No, that's true. <laughs> okay. So we got to start on the line cleanup. And uh, next weekend when we get out here, it will be season and we'll be doing um, both line cleanup and setting up boxes. And I confess that I'm a lot more energetic when I'm setting traps. Mm-hmm. So I pound a box back on the tree and I, uh, oh yeah, write down that I need, uh, I need clips and I need um, screens, bait screens. Uh, See, this is what we do. I have my book in front of me, <laughs> and as he talks, he remembers things so that we don't have to try and remember what was that on the way home so that I can... We so are clips for what? Clips, for trap clips. You know, I have to build up so I can quick change out. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I lost my train of thought. Where was I going here? Oh, I, I'm, I'm much more... <laughs> the train has left the station. Yeah. <laughs> I am much more enthusiastic about trail cleaning and about everything, pounding boxes back up when I'm actually putting a trap and bait in them. It's true. You know, like yesterday, I got pretty lethargic pretty fast. <laughs> it was... <laughs> <sighs> All I kept thinking about was those nice flannel sheets on the bed and how nice it was going to be to crawl in between them again last night. And boy, oh my gosh. really well out here. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. But next next week, we start we start setting and things are... Things accelerate really fast. Now, what's sunrise now? 8.30? Quarter to 9? I don't know, but we we go back an hour next yeah. Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wish they would just pick. What does everybody think about time change? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't care. I, I, you see that meme on, on the internet all the time about, you know, the old Indian says uh, only somebody from the government would cut a foot off the top of the blanket, sew it on the bottom, and say the blanket was longer. Yeah. I don't care whether we stay at daylight savings or stay at standard, but stay at something. Yeah, I don't think there's any any reason to change anymore. The world has gone and grown well beyond. Well, each but. province to the east and to the west of us are in a different time zone anyway. Yeah. The argument that you need to be that we need to synchronize for some reason, synchronize to stay an hour apart or whatever, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But it's a deep conversation. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, we're, our daylight is shortened up anyway. Yeah. Put it that way, our daylight is shortened up and things are, are uh, priming up fast. Uh, there was a muskrat swimming by this morning. I was down taking pictures at the lake of, uh, of that and, uh, and a muskrat swimming by and, and he was bumping into the ice in the, in the semi-darkness and then he'd have to go out and around. And yeah. You can tell that they're, they're, they're going to be getting primed now with, with, with the uh, reduction of light. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, we have all kinds of interesting things that we do around the cabin that we just sort of bump into here and there. You know, <laughs> fun at the cabin is <laughs> while we're cooking breakfast today, <laughs> all of a sudden the fact that the stove hasn't been level for five years. Oh, the cabin moves up and down. <laughs> the cabin moves up and down with with, with water water levels and, and with uh, frost levels and stuff like that. <laughs> but... You know how it is. You, you always think about something and you try and carry this mental list in your head. And as <laughs> as I get older, that mental list lasts about as long as as I'm saying it because then it's gone. If I don't write it down, it never happens. So this morning watching, I'm trying to fry uh, um, potatoes this morning and and uh, and sausages and, and the oil is all pooling to the back of the, so you got to keep turning the frying pan around, right? To, so that the oil keeps cooking. Mm-hmm. It hit my RFN button uh-huh. to fix it. <laughs> right, flipping now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So while we're cooking breakfast, we are leveling the stove. 
Was Best like, time? I expected to wear those sausages. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, come on. And, and she will easily forget that next June I'll have to take the, the shim out because it'll have moved the other way, but she'll tell you it's been five years. <laughs> yeah, five years on the honeydew list there. <laughs> And then there's the cabin heaters. So this, <laughs> you know, we, we, so out where we are, we had, there are three cabins on this little piece of, of turf. Yeah. And one is the skinning shack and our storage where we keep all of our traps and all the stuff. And then one is the main cabin. And when we bought this place, um, there was another cabin here and there's a, there is a propane heater in there that's yeah. kind of a unique little situation right it doesn't um it doesn't require power yeah it's it's, it's kind of neat it's called a uh it's a williams direct vent furnace and like i mean i have no experience with this stuff at all uh-huh. none and what happens is it doesn't need electricity um which is really cool yeah because you know it, that wouldn't do you any good because you our electricity out here is generator and that's it so when you you fire it up, it it not only draws air in through the vent, it pushes the exhaust back out. So you're not worrying about carbon monoxide inside the building, and you're not worrying about losing uh, uh, about negative pressuring the the cabin. Right. It's it's pretty damn cool that way. It is cool. So right now it's in in the cabin that we don't use, and we're trying to figure out how it works. Yep. Um, and whether or not it needs, it probably needs to be serviced because nothing's happened with it for five years while we, yeah. you know. So we're actually thinking that we're maybe going to cut a hole in the cabin wall and put it in here at some point. But what we're really looking for is just something that will keep it above zero in here. That's so when we, we come out here and yeah. it's minus 30, minus 40 degrees, that it won't take, you know, 12 hours to... <laughs> or 24 hours to warm things up. And even now, when it, you know, I mean, it's zero minus four, it was overnight last night, that chill just permeates everything. And you've got to wear slippers or extra socks or something on the floor oh for goodness. a while. Oh, it's terrible. Poor, poor princess. Hey. <laughs> you have slippers. <laughs> don't poor princess I do me. I do not. Men, yeah. men don't have slippers. <laughs> He has slippers. <laughs> we have looked, we have um, investigated so many things. I've investigated solar and I've investigated a windmill and all that kind of stuff uh, for, to generate power. You know, just we just want to keep it zero here yeah. while we're gone and then we burn wood when we get here. Yeah. We're not looking to use it as a, as a main source of heat. Um, maybe tell those pups to go lay down before they bang into oh, it. Oh, uh, yeah. On your beds, boys. The dogs are wandering around the beds. Uh, the camera here. So yeah, uh, all that's all we want to do is just keep it above freezing, just so that we start out at. Because when we get here and it's thirty below, the only thing that will that is liquid, not even oil, is liquid at that at that temperature. Ketchup. Ketchup. Is. <laughs> What's up with that? <laughs> that is your cue not to eat ketchup. I'm guessing, yeah. If, yeah. It, if it's the liquid at that temperature, you shouldn't yeah. be eating it. So I've just uh, I went through all these explorations, and and it's like forty thousand dollars has been the price because it would we would need we're so far north that solar is is a waste of time basically mm-hmm. that's what everybody's telling me yeah and uh, even like the difference between where we are north here and Lethbridge which is Lethbridge Alberta is right on the border between Alberta and Montana we get twenty percent less daylight in the winter time up here 
20 than they do. Yeah. yeah, and even down there, for them to be marginal with solar, uh, and we're, when I'm talking about marginal, they're, they're talking of, of uh, pr productive uh, percentages below 20%, mm. okay? They have to track the sun. Yeah. Okay. That 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 means they have set up on there. It's using power to actually move their their uh, solar cell and that to track the sun in order to maximize right. the production they get. So I've looked at that and uh, and uh, a wind generator turbine kind of thing. And it would be a, a combination of the two. And I would need a huge bank of batteries, which have to be kept heated. Mm -hmm. Well, how does that work then? Yeah. If if uh, if I get a big <laughs> snowstorm and it covers the uh, my uh, solar panels. And let me tell you, that happens. Oh, okay. yeah. And uh, and no wind. So now I'm not generating whatsoever. Those batteries freeze. And then what? And we're we were talking $40,000 yeah. to do this. So it just, it, it just wasn't feasible. So we're trying to find some economical yeah. um, technology that'll work for us out here. And, and so I think that this particular little unit, while it won't... Um, it won't be our main source of heat. Hopefully, it can at least keep it a little bit warmer in here, so that we we we're not in quite such a deficit when we get out here in the middle of winter. Well, I and what I've done is I couldn't get it to go for the longest time, and so then I I didn't. So we call and, it, and, 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 and nothing's know, gone boomy. He says when he comes you know, in the cabin, all proud of himself. <laughs> do you know what I know about propane and propane accessories, folks? <laughs> Nothing. Not much. <laughs> I even True. used that line when I went into the, the propane shop. Turned out I figured out that by tearing it apart and blowing through it and that, that the regulator was hooped. Uh -huh. Okay, no, couldn't get no, no air through that or gas through that or whatever. So I had to go get a new regulator, and, and uh, I used my best hand kill imitation when I walked into the propane and shop. And did they appreciate no, that? They no, well, they didn't were, appreciate that. They were all, they were all like 18-year-old oh, girls or 20-year-old so girls. They, no, they looked at me like I had a third eye in the middle of my forehead, <laughs> like, what's up with this tard, you know? <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> Just uh, smile, nod, and step away. Yeah. So I've, I've got that, and uh, I actually got it hooked up yesterday, and we got our lighting in, inside there. Um, and it kept it warm in there. It did. I don't know how. Now what we've got to do is is find out how much propane it takes to keep it warm. Yeah. You know, does it? You know, does a hundred pound bottle? I can I can truck hundred pounds in here, hundred mm -hmm. pounders by myself. Um, I can fly a five hundred pound pig in with a helicopter. And and when I talk with people who who do that have helicopters, it would the I I won't live long enough to ever make up forty thousand dollars worth of helicopter flights. Yeah. So. I mean, it becomes really a lot more sense to to do that than, than to go with the with the eco stuff, right? Yeah. So it, it's the big uh, adventure this year to see how long hundred pound bottles. Uh, maybe maybe two two hundred pound bottles get you through the winter, and that's well, that's fine pretty by me. pretty yeah. inexpensive. Yeah. Yeah. So we have some other big news about um, our new show that we've that we've put up on Amazon Prime for all of our our listeners and viewers in the U.S. Amazon Prime is where we we also air Trapping Inc. But yep. we have branded a new show. Um, it's called Married to the Hunt. <laughs> you know, I think it, it just fits who we are. We've been doing this a long time together, and we've been married a long time. And whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 What's whoa. this big uh, accent on a long time? Well, we have. <laughs> I, and I think that's something to be really proud of. You know, our partnership has has lasted a lot longer than a lot of people, and I Did think you part ever of think the fun. Get this far? Well, you know what? I never thought about it. I, I never, not. I never thought about it. I guess we just we've just lived and laughed and loved, and yeah. that's been our life. But married to the hunt is just really 
um, what it is right now is a collection of all of our previous hunts that we've enjoyed um, all over the place for the last many years because we have been doing TV for a long time. Yeah, well, we've done hunting now for 19, going on 20 years, yeah. uh, hunting TV. But none of this was available in the U.S. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I can't I can't go back all the way through the library because we get into SD. Um, yeah, that's how long we've yeah. been doing TV is that we have SD. Yeah, you kids that yeah. think about it. Yeah, they started before HDTV. <laughs> <laughs> so we've, uh, we, we go back as far as, as the... Uh, as the HD, which I guess is like uh, 2006. Yeah. That was New Zealand. That stuff was HD. Yeah. So still, that's 12 years yeah. uh, ago. And while we haven't done as much hunting in the last probably th three, four years, yeah. um, we've been focusing more on Trapping Inc. However, we do have a big adventure coming up to celebrate our 40th anniversary and your big zero birthday, oh which dear. will happen when we get home. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going back to Africa in um, end of May, and we'll be there for just about four full weeks, which is really going to be spectacular. We're going to have a lot of Think fun. Think about that. Yeah. Our 40th anniversary, my mm -hmm. 60th birthday, adds up to 100. I've been in purgatory a long time. <laughs> hey, now. Now, you know what? It's special that I have spent more time in my life with you than without you. Yeah, oh, I know we're pretty lucky. Yeah, we are pretty lucky. And just to preface this this upcoming trip, we we're going back with um, our good friend Guy Swart and um, Wild Horizon. Yep, out of South Africa. And uh, we're going with some friends, which will be a little unique for us because we're not group travelers. We, no. We're really kind of independent. And uh, our friends have also been with Guy a couple of times. And it kind of started with us going and, you yeah. know, having visits over a bottle of wine and a campfire here and there. And, and we've, you know, we enjoy their company and uh, apparently they enjoy ours because they'd like to come with us. So we're going to start out with a little tourism first. Yep. And and then we're going to get into the hunting part of it, but we intend to film it all <laughs> and have some good fun. This is what 40 years of being with me has taught her, is if she's going to get any tourism in, it's got to be before the hunting, because <laughs> it, it never happens after the hunting. <laughs> nope, it doesn't. But this is some really cool stuff that we're going to yeah. do before yeah. before we start hunting. And, and we're going to be really lucky because we're going to go into the Kalahari, which is um, the Kalahari Desert actually... Uh, borders or 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 is on both sides of the of the northern border of South Africa and the southern border of Namibia. Yeah. And uh well we don't we're not going into Namibia, we're going to be in in South Africa. It's such a beautiful place. That red sand is um it's really so cool. incredible. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and it gets hot there. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why we're going in June. A lot of people, you know, we've been there the first two weeks of June, so this is our first trip to Africa, and we had some friends that are South Africans, and uh, she tried to tell me that I was going to be really cold, and I just sort of sloughed it all off and said, no, no. She don't didn't you, even take a coat. Don't you worry. I'm a very tough Alberta girl. I can handle this. And I forgot a coat. I didn't just purposely you not didn't bring take one. A coat. <laughs> he had two coats. So. No, I didn't. <laughs> I had no coats. <laughs> and then here 
was Sandy wearing this double XL coat <laughs> and Rich freezing in blue. <laughs> so anyway, I'm taking a coat this time. <laughs> yeah, I'm straight you are. <laughs> uh, it, so it is the, obviously the Southern Hemisphere in South, South Africa and the seasons are reversed there, but I just didn't think it would get that cold. And But here's the thing is that they don't have any central heating in their homes there. And so whatever the temperature is outside is very similar temperature inside <laughs> when you go to bed at night and when you get up in the morning. And it's somewhat chilly because, you know, we can get an inch of ice. Well, we were at 5,000 feet. Yeah, we were, we were where, 5, where we feet. were up at the farm. It was it was higher in elevation for sure. Yeah. But, but anyway, um, there was ice on the ponds and everything in the morning, but by mid-afternoon, it's 20 degrees. So it's, you know, it's quite a, quite a difference in temperature. And, and anyway, so yeah. I'm taking a coat this time. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah. But as if, of course, as you go further north, the warmer it is. And that was the suggestion that was given to us is that, um, first of all, uh, we'd avoid the, the tourism rush if we came in June and it would be a little bit more temperate um, in terms of being able to enjoy the climate and everything that, uh, that it has to offer. So we're going to take in Victoria Falls and Kruger National Park. And then we go and hunting. And then we go and hunting. What are you chasing? Ah, I don't know. I really haven't made my list up yet. What about you? Well, I know that I'm going to go climb a mountain there. I'm going to go shoot an owl dad. Ah, an owl dad. For mm. sure. I want to do a caracal. Mm-hmm. I have spent a lot of time chasing caracal over there, and it's just never been. And now, now everybody always comes home with, uh, you know, they turn around, stumbled, fell down, and there was a caracal there. You yeah. know, they landed on a caracal and killed it. <laughs> <laughs> and I have, I laid on top of the cap rocks one day for how many hours? Oh, and there I know. was ice around. Yeah, it got cold. For, waiting for that, that cat to come in. I mean, he, we, we seen him out there a long ways, but yeah. 700 yards out. So I just, not a buff? Uh, no, I don't want a buff. No, I don't want to buff. It costs it, it costs uh, a lot of money, and we we could do so much more. Well, there's a lot of time too, right? Yeah, it's not just yeah. like they say to to put ten days aside if you're going to hunt a buff. And I mean, and it's the same thing with leopard. Leopard is is the one of the big five that I would like to hunt, but that's ten to fourteen days. And, yeah, and we just don't have that kind of time no. in our life. We're just so busy doing other things. So right? what about I heard you say once before about a uh, lord. Lord Derby Lord Elan. Derby Elan. You want to remortgage the house? No. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Plus, you got to go a really bad place for that. Oh, it's you? not really friendly to people of our shade. Uh, <laughs> but it's uh, yeah, there's a fair bit of, of turmoil there. So yeah, the way it goes. I've uh, I want when we go back to the Kalahari, I want I want to shoot a hemsbuck this time. You yeah. you did last time. I did. Yeah. And I really want to. That was a very fun hunt. I've got that yeah. custom Rocky Mountain 308 that I'm gonna. I just, I yeah. wanna, I wanna. So what out. are we taking for guns over there? I'm taking a 308 for sure, and I'm not sure what the small gun is. That's gonna be our big gun. Is ah. the 308. Because uh, I think a Hems box about as big as we're gonna shoot. Probably. Um, the small gun might be a 223, or it might be a, it might be a, the 260 AI. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, something for for Caracal and Jackal and. Yeah. I wouldn't mind shooting a hyena too. Oh, well, don't know where we find that, but I guess Guy will know. 
guy. Well, no, he's he's the man. Anyway, we we have a lot of fun, and and what was this was all about that we got so lost talking about adventures was was to check out. Uh, you can get to it from our landing page on uh, Amazon Prime. We now have a landing landing page. That's a good thing. And uh, you can check out Married to the Hunt and uh, see about all the other things that we've done in in our forty years. Together. Yeah, well, <laughs> in the last dozen years together, anyway. So that's yeah, it's good. So we'll. We'll bring you more of those adventures, and we'll talk more about that as as time goes on here too. Just as we get ready to go, and some of the things that are on our list, and and where we intend to hunt them. And so now let's go to the current affairs part of the show. The current affairs, yes. <laughs> so as we said, it's the end of October, and uh, recently in the news, there's been a video that's hit. Not even, um, not even recently in the news. It was, re- it, I think it showed up on uh, my Facebook feed on Thursday. I was absolutely inundated. Like everybody that found it sent me links to mm-hmm. it and all. What it is is um, a town of Whitecourt, which is about two hours south of us. Yeah. So they're 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 south of us, and not very far from Edmonton, really, and uh, like 125 kilometers from Edmonton. Yeah, so something like that. 100 miles from, not even 100 miles from Edmonton, and uh, these guys were were out hunting, and they just driving down the road in a pickup and they see this grizzly bear beside the road right right on the the edge of the bush and and the uh road lounge road yeah. clearing for the road lounge and it's kind of spooks and then they stop and then it comes back and it's i assume it's, it's a, a big boar. bear I, it is a nice bear it's beautiful yeah. grizzly bear and, and uh we don't have a season for grizzly bear in alberta it's anymore been, yeah it's been one of those uh one of those very um controversial things and now yeah. it turns out there's been shenanigans on behalf of the the grizzly bear count and there's far more grizzly bear than there were i do know that they are becoming a problem yeah, i mean we're are. getting a lot of predation by grizzly bear and we're we're having a, an immense they're having an immense amount of impact on uh, on ungulate populations and, and that kind of stuff but what they uh, end up videoing, and you just got you got to look this up. It's grizzly bear digs up. Uh, well, but it's on our Facebook page. So if you go yeah. to Trapping Inc. TV Facebook yep. page, yep, um, that video is on there, and and I would I would it it is not a glorified Disneyfied view of Mother Nature. It is the real deal, man. It this, is the real this deal. Is, this is as unvarnished as it gets. Yeah. Anyway, this this bear keeps digging, and they wonder what what he's doing. And it's actually quite long. And there's a little bit of foul language at the beginning, like most Delbertans. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know. So eventually, all of a sudden, you as he's digging around in that, you see him jump back, and and this paw waves up, and and it's like you realize that he's digging on a bear. Yeah. Okay. And this is the reality, folks. Grizzly only uh, den up in the wintertime when the weather's really bad. So as far north as we are, they den- they will den for most of the winter because the snow gets really thick and they can't find anything to eat. They will den up. But there's a lot of places along the eastern slopes of the Rockies and that where they uh, they might only den for a couple of weeks when it's w- weather's bad. And then when a uh, Chinook blows in, it warms up. Um, Chinook, that definition of that is global warming for... <laughs> For Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. <laughs> when a Chinook blows in, which is a warm wind, melts a bunch of, a bunch of uh, snow on that, then the grizzlies will come back out again. One of the big, biggest sources of food they have that time of the year are, well, there's two sources, really. There's avalanche victims, um, not people. Like, animals get caught in avalanches as well, as well as people. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Don't be an avalanche victim. Yeah, don't be an idiot on a snowmobile. So the, the, that's that's one of the places that they, they go for food. The other thing is is they hunt black bear. And I've uh, up here in the here I've seen where both grizzly and I've seen uh, where wolves have dug black bear out in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. What happens when you have a crazy fall like we've just had, where it got cold and our leaves left early? Um, your the black bear stay out, mm-hmm. and in order for a black bear to be really as p- most protected as possible from grizzlies hunting them is they have to be in that den before the last leaves fall because the smell of those leaves cover their smell. Right. Right. The respiration and everything is so slow when they're hibernating that it doesn't create a lot of odor. But now we've had this, this very long, we, we're now at a really four, protracted fall, probably four or five weeks since the leaf fell, leaves fell. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And the black bear are still out. Well, now they've been, because it's the time of the year and the daylight affects them as far as hibernation and that as well, they they are, are going back and forth to their den. And lots of times they end up making big balls of grass that they take into their den and that kind of stuff. But they're leaving a lot of scent around. Yeah. So this, this That's grizzly... That's how this grizzly found yeah. these yeah. bears, we surmise anyway. So he goes in there, he digs it out, and eventually it turns out... Uh, one of the you don't know this as it happens, but you're watching this all live action. It is mm-hmm. it is is very uh, graphic. The one one bear comes shooting out there and runs off. while the grizzly chases it, and all of a sudden you hear the the cub screaming. Yeah, and it turns out it's a cub because then mum pops out of the den, takes off running the other direction, and then two more cubs pop out. Now they're all two year old cubs, which is unusual that that they would be with her denning with her one more time yeah usually they're kicked out sometime in the in the summer mm-hmm. because she will have bred again she'll have been bred in june so yeah. usually they're kicked out and they don't travel with her anymore at that point so she takes off and leaves and and uh, you all, all the while you can hear this uh this cub screaming in the, in the background well the things that have blown up over that yeah. all of these people who are so um Uninformed. uh, Uninformed and are so anti against trapping and hunting and that. And they're, well, somebody should have thrown a rock at the bear. Somebody (laughs) should have shot the bear. Yeah. (laughs) Why did that mother leave that cub? Oh, yeah. That was, that was my baby. Look at, look at how the mother ran off and left the babies. (laughs) Yeah. Listen, folks, um, I think Disney's probably done a, a big disservice to to wildlife in general because they Huge certainly have attached human qualities to animals that doesn't exist. And you watch something like this and it's very apparent that Mother Nature isn't just some blue-haired granny handing out cookies. No. Um, no. The only thing that that mother understood was the absolute most primal instinct of fight or flight. Survival. She, she could not fight the bear so yeah. she she ran, so she and ran. and you know when you listen to that bear scream and and uh, people saying oh it must be up a tree bawling and that no I've heard a lot of bear die yeah. you know, over the years hunting and that I've heard a lot of bear die and there is nothing nothing pretty about it but what people don't understand is that most predators eat stuff alive or semi alive if it's if it's dead it's because it's lost enough blood yeah they start eating as soon as the animal no longer can get away. Yeah. Okay. And you can go out there, you can search on YouTube. There's one where an elk calf gets, uh, gets ate by a bear. It goes on for, for half an hour. Well, and then there's, of isn't an it wolves or is it coyotes that are eating a deer that's on an ice flow or. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And as long as that animal isn't trying to get away, they, they, they start eating. That's yeah. just reality. You know, people, uh, attributing human, uh, human, uh, 
qualities of of kindness or cruelty or anything like that that's the it doesn't exist in the animal world these animals uh, are not uh, sentient beings yeah they are just animals and everything they do is based on instinct uh you know, even your dog, when your dog looks at you, more often your dog, it's a learned response that mm-hmm. if you say, oh, good boy, and, and pet it on the head, so he wags his tail, he's looking for a bone or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, become, he's become conditioned for that response. I find it amazing that how many people became haters of that grizzly bear. <laughs> <laughs> because he was just doing what he does. Well, and this is Mother Nature, where Mother Nature overproduces so many animals because... Yeah. All of these animals are food for another animal. Yeah. And the people that were so upset because a cub got killed. Yeah. It was amazing that she had three at two years old. Yeah. You know, most sows have twins. Triplets are, are very, very common. Yeah. And it was it, it was amazing that, that, that she got that many to the to the second year, right? Yeah. Exactly. So people just don't understand the reality, you know, that we have become so disnified. That was that was your term. Yeah. You know, that we've become so disnified that people think that, that they're all sitting around holding hands bed. singing Kumbaya. Go on, get on your bed. <laughs> he figures we've talked too long. I think so. <laughs> Maybe we have. Anyway, um, check it out. It's, it's a very interesting video um, and you may not really enjoy it, but it is. It's real. It is real. And I think that. I think people need to see more real to understand what it's like to be out in the bush. Well, one of the places I wanted to go with this was that fella that was driving around with the quad knocking down our boxes and that. He thinks yeah. he's, he's screwing up the trapper because the trapper's cruel or whatever. By law, in Canada, all of our, uh, we are signatory to AHITAS. Yes. The Agreement of International Humane Trapping Standards. Right. And in it, it says that those traps have to kill within a certain period of time. So the traps that we use for, for Fisher and Martin have to kill within 120 seconds. Which is two minutes. Yeah. And we've had, um, we Fortage. had, yeah, we had a friend of ours who'd set up a, a video um, trail camera, trail camera yeah. and caught a Martin going in and, and being caught in a trap. And from the time that you, you can tell that the, the trap snaps shut, because you can't see it, it's up inside of a box, yep. but you can tell when it happens until that animal stops moving is 12 seconds yeah i was gonna say 16 but yeah Yeah. 12 seconds so it happens very quickly um it's a 30 second uh, clip and it's it it snaps at at 16 seconds and there is no movement after 12 seconds yeah so something to be aware of um we also have um uh trap standards that have to be met. So in our regulations, it will say, it does say, what traps are uh, legally permitted to be used for certain species. So, you know, that's one of the things that we've done as Canadians to ensure that what we're doing is humane and, and to maintain our way of life and, and our part in the chain of, of well, mother you, nature you take that that that, that cub and there's what a minute or, or so you hear of it bawling yeah and that might have went on for another 10 minutes or 15 minutes yeah. who knows before it died uh when my time comes i'll take the 120 seconds in the trap please <laughs> and thank you rather than than lingering for forever yeah. but it's it's how crazy the um 
the politics of emotion have become. Yeah. Because some places, uh, Saskatchewan, for instance, southern Saskatchewan, uh, a snare has to be instantly lethal. The only thing that is legal there is the, the power ramp. Right. So it's instantly lethal. Yeah. Uh, within with less than a minute, it's, it's instantly. They don't allow free-hanging snares, even though yeah. we have we have snares that have springs on them and that free-hanging ones. They don't allow it because it's got to be instantly lethal. Other places, like our, our friend Jeff uh, Haggerty from uh, Hag's uh, Products in Michigan, they can't have lethal snares. They have to, It has to be just restraining, mm-hmm. you know, um, because the, I, I don't know whether they think this is this is uh, kinder or, or or what, you know. Like So one place, it's got to be instant lethal. Next place, it's got to, it, it, it can't be lethal. It can't be lethal. Um, we... Uh, we end up with check laws on our on our footholds. Mm-hmm. Now, those check laws are are in one way kind because it, it ensures that, that the animal doesn't stay in it for a week. Okay, yeah. but they they set it down to twenty four hours. Well, mm-hmm. then that removes check the ability to use uh, uh, footholds out here. Yeah, you know because it's not possible to. Yeah. I would have to be on a snowmobile and have a pit pit stop and you filling the, the tank and and keep going to to meet my check law. So. The thing about about uh, using a foothold is one: the footholds today are designed not to damage the foot anymore. They and they, it's just the foot, not the leg. Um, they, so there's no damage. They're they're releasable. Yeah. But you know, so if you have a a, a uh, incidental catch, you can you can release it. Uh, all that kind of stuff. But now we can't do that. Yeah. So where are we going with the politics of emotion? You know, kill or not kill, release not release. Uh, well, everybody has an opinion, and and most people who scream the loudest have no idea um, about what it is that we do for for humane trapping anyway. And their I think their ultimate goal is to just have it banned to begin with. Well, that was funny though because I I took in uh, yeah I'm have an interest in what goes on the social media sites and that and everybody knows my stand on it I don't put up with any of it but I you know on the post where this was going on I took Mm -hmm. and looked back on the Facebook pages on people that were you know all cry face and and it was cruel and we should have saved the cub and et cetera et cetera and calling down the people that filmed it because they didn't save the cub one there is no hunting season for grizzly bear in Alberta, to throw a rock at it or whatever is harassing wildlife, and that's a chargeable offense. Yeah. So these people have no clue, but no. that doesn't figure into their politics no. of emotion. So anyway, I go back and look through their their, their, their uh, Facebook pages, and they're basically antis. You know, mm-hmm. lots of them are out, out flaming antis, and yet here they are against Mother Nature now. <laughs> yeah. It's such a <laughs> odd place where we live right now where everyone is offended about something and and feel that they have the right to jump up and down and protest even mother nature yeah isn't that crazy yeah, yeah. that's how nuts it's got yeah. so, we're, we're protesting anyway. mother nature well there's a lot of things we're protesting we're protesting uh sex yeah gender what's next gravity probably <laughs> it's a law that should be broken <laughs> I'm offended by gravity because yeah. on Mars I'd weigh less oh, or something. I, see. I don't know. <laughs> I see. I think that was a meme I saw once. <laughs> Just live on the wrong planet. That's all. Yeah. Have we talked enough? I think we have. I think we've covered a broad uh, range of subjects. Alrighty. Well, but it's always nice to have you here, and we're glad that you could tune in. Yeah, be sure to check us out. Uh, you can hit all of our digital platforms from 
www.trappinginc.com. Thank you. Have a great day.